Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Forever. Dog. Hello, I'm Janie Stoller. Welcome to the Relatively Healthy Podcast. As we're recording it, uh, today is the day after Kavanaugh received enough votes to be confirmed. And we are at a true crisis point in terms of women's rights and reproductive freedom in this country. What's been particularly frustrating on top of everything is that missing from any conversation about reproductive rights and what's at stake with Roe v. Wade potentially being overturned is any voice from a person who has ever had to make a decision about abortion in their own life. I'm so frustrated that in all of the discourse and in all of the uninformed opinion and propaganda being put out there in the world, people who have had abortions or the people who will have abortions in the future are not being allowed to speak, either through not being given the platform or because there's so much fear and stigma being cultivated around the topic. So I know that this isn't, you know, a huge platform, but it is a platform that I love. And so if possible in any way, I want to offer this space up to anyone who has had an abortion to share their story. And I know that it's not the same for everyone and that it's a deeply personal experience and no two are the same. But if there's anything I can offer, I would just really love to give space to people to talk about their abortions. So over the next couple weeks, we're going to have wonderful guests on sharing their abortion experiences. And I'm opening the floor to all listeners. If you would like to describe your abortion experience, either a few words, a voicemail, whatever feels right to you, the floor is yours. So I opened it up on social media this weekend. Someone reached out. They wanted to share what abortion meant to them. And this person said, it was the best decision I ever made and will have a lifelong broken heart that women have died and continue to die from unsafe abortion practices. When research supports time and time again, abortion can be carried out safely, legally, and affordably. So thank you to that person who shared their story. And um, if you want to share yours, please share, uh, either leave a voicemail. You can call us at 1-844-STOLARX. That's S-T-O-L-A-R-X. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can drop a line on Twitter at 844-STOLARX or email us at relativelyhealthypod at gmail.com. So today on the show, I have someone who 
is just the perfect guest for this. She's just the best. Her name is Kim Kalish. She's a comedian and writer in L.A. You can catch her monthly at The Ruby. She leads an open mic there. And what I love about her is that she reached out to me to let me know she has an abortion experience that isn't black and white and it isn't, you know, a simple story. And I think the more we can open up the floor to stories and experiences, we will see that no two are alike and that every person's experience deserves to actually be heard. So I hope you enjoy this episode and, uh, if you are anti-choice, I actually think this is a really good one to listen to because I think this will open your mind. I have a wonderful guest today. We are both wearing Beyonce-inspired feminist t-shirts, so say no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guest is a comedian. She's a writer. She does it all. Please welcome Kim Kalish. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. So excited. This is recording the day after Kavanaugh is voted in, so where else it's do great. we need to be? I've been eating my feelings. Me too. My pants are unbuttoned right now. Oh my God. I just have a long Beyonce shirt over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally, I had like chicken tenders and garlic bread yesterday Ooh. with like a lot of cheese. It's a whole thing. I'm Ooh. not proud of it, but also I get it. If you weren't eating your feelings yesterday, what's wrong with you? That's what feeling eating is. <laughs> that's what. That's how we were designed evolutionarily. It's true. Every woman I know is very angry. Yes. And, and very, very full. <laughs> very full. Yes. <laughs> So we're going to get right into it because we're talking about such a relevant topic to all this rage and sadness and pain. And it's abortion, which I think we should just be talking about more with people who have the most experience and understanding of literally what it is versus the people who make policy who don't even understand anything about it. Yeah, I also don't like the way people talk about abortion when they're trying to uh, defend your right, but they've never experienced it in their circle. Mm. I find them condescending. So at some point, I just want everyone to shut up that hasn't had one. I love that. It was just a big thing where, um, like, just note to everyone listening, don't ever tell someone like, hey, I've never had one, but I support your choice. Oh, no. It's gross, right? It is gross. I cannot tell you how many people have said that to me. It's horrible. There are other ways to say that where it's not about like feeling sanctimonious or whatever. Right. I think it just comes down to because no one knows how to talk about it Mm -hmm. and because we don't talk about it, everyone's in no man's land as to what to say and how to deal with life, which is crazy uh, because one in, I think it's one in three One in three. Yeah. One in three women by the time they're, American women by the time they're 45 will have an abortion. Right. So we should be able to talk. Like there's less vegans in this country and all they do is talk about (laughs) veganism. So, like, I feel we should be able to talk about it. I agree. And even in pop culture, uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend recently had an abortion in the storyline. Okay. But I don't know if people recall it was, uh, what was the one? It was one of the Seth Rogen, Judd Apatow movies where they had to say shmushmortion. Like, we still can't even say the word. So, I hope that the more people talk about it, the more people hear experiences from people who have had them, the more open we can actually be. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Uh, I think the the quietness of the whole thing and feeling like you're the only person in the world to ever have one is really the oppressive weight of it. Yeah. You know, so I hope, like, I've gotten to the point where I just, I tell everyone all the time now because it just feels like my duty to my gender is yeah. to tell everyone that it's fine. Yeah, and to just break through right. that resistance. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
And so growing up, did you have opinions on abortion before you had one? Yeah. So I grew up in a, a interesting house where I, I grew up the child of Republicans, mm-hmm. but my dad was staunchly pro-choice my whole life and would tell me he's an old school Republican where the government doesn't belong in your body, therefore it's pro-choice. Oh, got it. Okay. And so I grew up with a very staunch pro-choice dad and pro-life mom. Mm. Um, so I'd get it from both sides, but I immediately just was like a daddy's little girl and just went like, yeah, I'm pro-choice because my dad's pro-choice, which is weird, but we went with it. So going into... Uh, adulthood, I had settled on the line of I'm pro-choice, but personally am pro-life. So I believe everyone has a choice to do it, but I would never do it. And I was staunchly sure I would never, ever do it. Yeah. You know, Um, and that just stuck. I mean, that stuck with me all the way up till the moment I had to have one. Yeah. And that is, I think, a very... uh, evolved philosophy too I think some people are so obsessed with what other people do with their bodies they could never really make that decision right. like what's not right for me you know may not be the same thing as for right. somebody else so then let's talk about the experience so what was that decision like what happened yeah so I think the most important thing to always say is that like I don't have a special abortion story like I I don't have a Vera Wang story of abortions like I have the David Bridal style of abortions when you said that I was like did Vera Wang have like a cool abortion (laughs) (laughs) I should know this go with this metaphor like I literally there's a David Bridal in every town and my story there's at least this abortion story in every town Mm -hmm. right like I I accidentally got pregnant by someone who I thought was my friend and he ended up not being my friend but I, I thought he was my friend and he, you know, we were both like kind of sad and we ended up um, sleeping together for a very short amount of time. It was only like three weeks. And I, I, you know, I wasn't like madly in love with him, although he would tell you differently. He's wrong. Mm. And I, I, I didn't want to date him. We weren't in a serious relationship. We were never going to date. And I knew that at the time and didn't want to date. We're just friends who were trying to find a little sliver of happy, and I, my birth control failed, and that was it. I was on the pill, and it just failed, you know. Um, and like I racked my brains for ages of like, did I put it at the wrong? Did I take it at the wrong time? Did I, you know, skip a pill and I didn't realize it? Did did you know I double up on a pill and didn't realize it? And it is none of that. It just of course. it just failed. Yeah. Which it happens. What happens? Which happens. Yeah. And condoms break. Things happen. Exactly. You can be as careful as possible, but things still happen. Right, right, right. So uh and it literally and it, figuring out the timeline, I got pregnant probably the second or first time that we slept together. Wow. Yeah. Because by the time we had literally stopped sleeping together three weeks later. And then maybe four days after that, I found out I was pregnant. And then I found out I was only about three and a half weeks pregnant. So going back to the timeline, it's literally the first day. Wow. So, you know. And you were, you know, and then, of course, you go back and try to, like, blame yourself and whatever. Oh, there's there's not one thing anyone could ever call me in a negative connotation that I had not called myself Mm -hmm. over the, the course of those probably six or nine months afterwards. Like, I was, you know, I thought I was a monster. I thought I... I called myself a murderer a bunch of times. I I was sure that I was the irresponsible one and I was the one that had made the mistake and I had screwed up, which is crazy because I just sort of let him off the hook. Right. And then he took that and ran. And he, uh, 
He's not a good person. Doesn't sound like he it. He turned and told me I got pregnant on purpose. Oh, my God. In order to date him, which kind of makes no sense. I'm sure he's enjoying his time on Reddit in like, oh, for sure. like what is this? What is wrong <laughs> with people? It's okay. I recently <gasps> saw a picture of him and he has suddenly lost a lot of his hair. So oh, I'm doing fine. Oh, there is a God. Right? <laughs> Amazing. Your outside's starting to meet your inside. I love it. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, that That's is sweet. That's a sweet ending. Silver lining. <laughs> so but you yeah. told him, you told him you were pregnant. And that was his reaction? No, I told him he was pregnant. And to his credit, he was great for a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, his first question was, what do you want to do with it? And I said, well, I can't have a baby right now. Like, yeah. I don't. How old were you? Um, well, I'm 33. So 31. Okay. Um, and uh, I said, I can't. Like, I, I can't do that. I don't, I don't want to do that. And I knew on a level that I... You know, I think babies should be conceived in love. Yes. You and know? out of desire to raise right. that child. Right. And also just a positive situation. Yeah. And I had gotten myself into a, a pretty negative situation. And you'd it. be tied to this person. Exactly. Forever. Which, yeah. God help me. Yeah. So um, uh, I told him and then uh, he he actually found the clinic that we were going to go to. And he was there that day. And, it, you know. He held my hand when I took the first pill, and then the next day he sat with me for like half the day and then tried to leave, and that's sort of when everything went off the rails, and suddenly he was mad at me, and he was, I was in a lot of pain, and I kept holding his hand because mm-hmm. I was in pain, and uh, he he got mad at that, and he just sort of, he's his rage built up, and then that was the end of it. Then I was a horrible, manipulative person who got pregnant on purpose. Yeah, totally. Also never paid for the abortion. I paid for the whole thing. Okay. So, wow. So, let's just say... Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't want to harp on that, but he's he's not a great human. But no. that's not the point of everything that happened, you know? Um, it's like a footnote. But um, was it so it, you said it was painful. You did the pills. Yeah, this is a big thing. This is a big thing for me. Uh, a, a pro-life person will tell you it's the worst pain on the planet and that you're killing a child. And a pro-choice person will tell you it's not that bad. It's fine. And I uh, I find both of these things to be true. 
I don't think it's an either or situation. I believe it's a yes and situation. Like I uh, personally to this day, I still hold the belief that life begins at conception. That's what I believe. I didn't realize I believed that until I had to take a life away. But for me, like it is taking a baby away. Like that's that's what I did. Um, but uh, I don't, but on that same token, I also made a choice for me and I'm very settled in my choice and it's, it's fine and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and then pain wise, it does hurt. It, it is going to hurt. And, and I'm sorry for that. And I, and I, I hate that you have to tell people, but I wish you knew going in, it, it hurts. You know, it's like a, it's, it's like three times the worst period you've ever had. Mm-hmm. It aches. And do you, this is my naive. Go ahead. I have no knowledge. Do you pass stuff? Yeah. So you take your first, so basically when you have an abortion, you have two pills. Uh, when you do a medically induced one, you take the first pill in front of the doctor. In California, they have to be looking at you wow, okay. as you take the pill. Mm-hmm. So you take the pill and that's your abortion. It That's it. It's released from the... Um, the lining and it's no longer a viable pregnancy, but you have to flush your system out. And so the next day you take another pill in order to flush your system out. And legitimately it's a, it's a full padded lining of your uterus. So you're getting everything clumps. Yeah. And the other thing that sucks is the way it works is it spikes your hormones in order to induce basically Mm -hmm. a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. So that spike of hormones for me came out as crying for an hour that I literally couldn't stop myself. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like hurting to cry, but I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. I had no physical ability to stop crying. Um, so it's not it's not fun. It's right. pretty horrible. I've like passed out from the pain at some point on oh my, my couch God. and then woke back up and you know, but you get you get through it. Yeah. You know, you you get through it and you're better I don't want to say you're better for it, but you know that you made the right choice. But in that moment, it does hurt. Mm-hmm. And I wish we were more honest about it so yeah. we could just go in prepared because nobody told me. Mm-hmm. I had no, I thought something was wrong and I had to research in the middle of it of whether or not I had to go to the emergency room that something was like falling apart. Oh my God. You know? So you have this horrible, painful experience. Right. Crying. Did you have other people that you spoke with and turned to for support? Yeah, I uh, I text the uh, pee stick out to some of my friends mm-hmm. and some very good women I've had my whole life were like, okay, what do you need? Holy crap. Um, people kind of avoided me on the day because I think they knew I needed space, which is fine. Um, but there, I had some wonderful people just checking in and making sure I was okay. And then the person that really like came up to the plate was my super pro-life Christian mother. Really? Totally. I was very scared to tell her. Yeah. I had asked my father to call me uh, before he got in the house and that I had to talk to him. It was very important. Mm -hmm. And my dad said, okay, but my dad is not the emotions guy. So my dad, trying to protect me, got my mom and was like, okay, kiddo, you're on speakerphone with me and your mom. Oh, wow. And I start to melt down and I'm like, no, take me off this speakerphone. How dare you? And He's going back and forth, and I finally scream out, I'm pregnant, and I have to have an abortion, and I don't think mom's ever going to talk to me again. And it was total silence. And my mother just went, are you my daughter? And I said, yes. And she goes, okay, then that's what we do. And she just, like, her whole pro-life, you know, the sanctity of life, and Jesus wouldn't want it, and all of that went out the window when you're presented with, 
oh, this is a human that I love mm-hmm. that's dealing with something very important and bigger than her. Right. And then she ended up flying out the next week. And, oh, man. You know, just like checking in and making sure I was okay. And she completely, sort of my, I mean, my father did as well. Both of them just really stepped up and said, like, what do you need? It is what it is. That's love. That's saying, you know yeah. what? I have all these principles, but I love you. Right. I'm going to be here for you. You need me. Right. It's yeah. fun now, too, because my mom is the woman who now goes to all the, the church groups. And when they start screaming about Planned Parenthood, my mom's like, no, they're good people. Oh, my God. We need people, people like her. Yeah, it's really nice. That's awesome. A little frustrating that I think most people are pro-life until it's their kid dealing with it. Yeah. I don't foresee a lot of parents being like, you have to have this child. Right. But, you know. It's so true. That's so true of so many issues. It's like you can talk about it until it's in your family, until someone you know. And then all of a sudden you start to see the true face of it. And it's not the things you've been told and the stories that get passed down that aren't necessarily true. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Well, because you're breaking that myth, aren't you? You're breaking Mm -hmm. this like very built up, intense, you know, fabrication of of who it is getting the abortions. Right. You know, I I once had a conversation with a woman who told me that only um, irresponsible, like immature women who don't have a good family life would ever choose to have an abortion. And my answer is, is, well, I was 31. I talked to my family almost every day. I had a good job. I was on birth control. I was more than responsible. But, like, shit happens. Shit happens. Because it's and life. And then what is the... So let's say you didn't want to raise a child. A person would argue you should give it up for adoption. Right. But also, not only are you putting your body through such extremes for the pregnancy that that's a whole other thing, but you're... In, in my mind, you're just bringing a life into this world and not setting them up. Like, yeah, it, it just feels unfair to the child to me to unnecessarily put them through any kind of stress yeah i i mean it's it's a personal journey some people need that in order to say goodbye to the life they've made and that's their journey and their story i thought about it and i thought about it for about two seconds and then realized i don't have the emotional bandwidth to carry something in my body for nine months and then turn it away i i don't have that you know? I mean, yeah, not only is it the physical part and the stress and all of the hormones and all, all of those things involved, mm-hmm. too. But I wonder what it would be like to carry that child and have people ask about your pregnancy and to right. deal with all that. Like just living as a pregnant woman and then go through that. I mean, right. that's a huge, huge ordeal. Right. And, you know, the the attachment between it's interesting. I only had this this life in me for three and a half weeks. And then, uh, you know, and then I, I'd made the decision and before the fourth week it was gone. It was so small that they couldn't see it on ultrasound and I had to have one of those very invasive um, vaginal uh, ultrasounds, which is horrific and mm-hmm. terrible. And uh, I, like, but in those three or four days that I knew I was pregnant, I suddenly was supremely protective and I didn't want to drink, mm-hmm. even though I mm-hmm. knew I wasn't keeping it. Mm-hmm. And I found myself touching my my stomach a lot and just being acutely aware that I no longer was alone in a room. Interesting. And I don't have the – I would not have the ability to go through nine months of that. I just, I just wouldn't. Right. And I don't think it's fair to the kid. I don't think it's fair to me. I don't, I don't think it's fair to the world. Like a big thing for me is I had the abortion for me and – 
I also had the abortion for that baby because that baby deserves to get brought into a world with love, which it wasn't going to be. And I also did it for my future kids because they deserve the mom that I'm going to be right. when I'm ready to have children. When you're ready. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. And did you have, so it's been about two years now? Yeah. How have people responded when you talk about it? And do you talk about it openly? How does that go for you? Yeah. So I I had an abortion in May and could not say the word abortion until probably November. Oh, wow. I had yeah. just an inability I would say procedure a lot, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I was also wrestling with the idea that, you know, this for me is a baby and the baby was no longer there. And I was dealing with that. Plus, the one thing, you know, another thing people don't talk about is that you have pregnancy hormones get released when you conceive and they stay in your body for several months afterwards. Oh, my God. So it gives you wacky periods. I was I went through like two months where I just didn't have a period and the doctor was talking about how like well we're just gonna have to monitor that because we need you to start getting your period again interesting and I was crying at the tip of a hat I was angry I had gained like some soft weight that wouldn't go away like, essentially your body is like well, pregnant right this is what we're doing yeah. and it takes a few takes I think like six months or nine months for it to finally get out of your system entirely wow. so I was pretty emotionally raw and I uh, finally decided, uh, election day, actually, 2016, I decided I needed to get a dog in order to deal with it because I needed to take care of something. So I get a dog. And the day I get the dog is the day Donald Trump becomes pregnant, pregnant, <laughs> uh, becomes <laughs> elected. Uh, and my rage over the idea that we might lose our rights, I suddenly started telling Everyone. Oh, okay. That yeah. I had had an abortion yeah. and that I was not ashamed. Yeah. And then I found a really great group online. And I was saying that, like, you know, sometimes I still feel like a monster and sometimes I feel like a murderer. And yeah, I feel like I have no self worth and I've screwed everything up. And this lovely woman came forward and said uh, that one in three American women, by the time they're 45, will have an abortion. And every single time someone posted, you know, I uh, I support you, but I've never had one. She would just comment one in three American women. And every time somebody said like, you know, you're going to feel that way, but it's fine. She'd mm -hmm. just say one in three American women because she just wanted me to feel a part of the group mm -hmm. and a part of a, a populace in the shadows. Yeah. And that is what saved me entirely. Yeah. So now I'm I'm not open about it where I'm not, you know, hi, my name is Kim Kalish. I've had an abortion. But I'm much more open to talking about it now. I'm yeah. much more, if it comes up in conversation, I'll say it. I find myself defending my fertility rights a lot more than I have ever done in the past. Yeah. You know, and uh, I also find myself doling out as much advice that I can give to anyone that I know in my circle or who knows someone in my circle. I'll just pass along whatever knowledge I have so that they don't go in as blindsided as I went in, even though I had done a bunch of Google searches, mm -hmm. you really need to talk to somebody who's gone through it right. to understand what you're doing. Totally. You know? It's hard to get any good information online. And also, things are so shrouded in secrecy that the stuff right. you're seeing may not even be accurate. But I think what you're speaking to is so interesting to me, just thinking about like the pressures women face on everything they do to feel and express it a certain way. And there's the pressure, I'm sure, that some people feel to keep it private and keep it 
closed in. There's also maybe a pressure more, you know, I'm a feminist. I have to shout it. I have to wear it on a T-shirt. Right. And there's a spectrum of feelings and experiences and emotions in that. And everyone can have complicated feelings, evolving feelings, things that they change or like down the road you can frame it a different way or see it a different way or gain more experience gain more knowledge and I'm just I just find it so interesting because I'm sure you're speaking to a lot of listeners who don't have one feeling they don't have one my whole life I was born this way and end point I feel exactly the same I mean right. you are showing that to people it's okay to like adapt and not know all the answers and learn as you go and like th- there's no one way to do things or feel. Yeah, there's a huge spectrum in there that I just think gets lost. And I I totally respect and understand the idea that when you uh, when you're trying to defend abortion, you try to make it seem like it's not that big of a deal. So it doesn't feel scary. (laughs) Yes. And that's fair. And that's fine. But for me, I got lost in it because all I was hearing from people who are pro-choice is like, it's fine. It doesn't matter is fine. I don't regret it. And, you know, I'm two years out and that first due date that came through, I was a mess over. I had to go take a hike up a mountain with my dog and I just left for the day. And I was like, peace out. I need to go do this. And sometimes I still do the math of how old that kid would be if I had kept uh, if I had kept it. And I and I, I go through it. And I still think about it. And I I never question my decision, but I always think. What if I had made a different decision? So in the in the battle of abortion, that seems to get really lost. And I just wish I know there's got to be more women than just me thinking about it. So and I would think that I'm probably in the majority. It's just that there's such a shame because we all live in the shadows mm-hmm. that we don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and we're scared of pissing people off, too, I think a lot of the totally. time. I mean, the, there's also what you're saying is interesting because if there's a pressure to scream you know, and some people, they're just naturally wired like this or they feel this way. They want to scream about it. They love it. It's the best thing that they ever did. No complicated feelings. But if we also want to talk to people who don't necessarily understand it, sometimes I feel like we're all having different conversations. Like there's just not – people who are pro-choice and anti-choice sometimes are just not talking about the same thing. Like they're not talking about the same experience, the same type of right. story. So by – being able to fill in those blanks with all the stories, as many as possible, actual experiences, I feel like that does a lot of service to, you know, just like undo some of those huge divides. Yeah, I would agree with that. I also think that society at whole as whole, but also women, we hold women up to such a high moral standard mm-hmm. that's much higher than men. We, oh, yeah. We can't mess up. And so... And we represent all women. Right. One thing you do means everything for everybody. Right. So you you tend to get the extremes on both sides and you just lose nuance. And I don't know one topic or conversation in this world that doesn't have nuance, you know? And, and I just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I don't think I'll ever be the person that's screaming at the top of my lungs that I've had an abortion. But, like, I'll sit down and talk to anybody who will have it, yeah. you know? And, and I just feel like there's a huge majority in there that we just don't get talked about all that much. Yeah, and then that just keeps propelling the stigma forward because right. then it's shut out, and then if the one in three, where are their right. voices? So I'm not going to add mine either. Right, yeah. well, also take it from a, if you take it from a pro-life stance, 
if all you see are women screaming about they how they don't care, but you believe that life begins at conception, I totally understand why you would think they were crazy. You and think they're screaming how proud they are to kill a baby. Right. Totally. Right. And so you lack the ability to ever have a conversation with them if there isn't a group of people saying, no, hang on, hang on. I do believe I had a baby and I had to make this horrific choice and it was rough, but I had to make this choice. Right. And I can't make that choice for you and you can't make that choice for me. Yes. You know, and I, I just find that the conversation is getting lost. I mean, it's getting lost in all of politics, but this has been such a, a, a lightning bolt, especially with any Supreme Court nomination. And everyone's always screaming about it during elections. And, and it just gets so lost that it's, it's hard and it's rough. And can we please talk about the emotional toll it takes on women? Yeah. You know, I appreciate that you all think that, you know, a bunch of babies have been murdered. I understand that feeling. But can we also talk about how women are dragged through the mud for it emotionally and mentally? You are just climbing the walls for a while. Right. You know? And it's going to make it worse. That's the thing. Like, if, you know, Roe v. Wade is overturned, the people who have the least access and have the least support are going to be the ones most affected. It's just going to drive that divide totally. further and the stigma further. Totally. I mean— white rich women will never live a, in a United States that doesn't have access to abortion because they'll be able to get on a plane and go to a more liberal state and have that abortion. Right. You're talking about economically, you're talking about lower classes and then you're talking about women of color that are going to be affected the most. And then frankly, we just have to have the conversation of you're never going to ban abortion. You're going to ban legal abortion. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you're just going to end up killing women. Yep. You know, there is plenty of studies of what happened before Roe v. Wade and how how many women just got hurt or became infertile because or threw themselves down the stairs. I know, and seriously injured themselves. Yeah, and sometimes their ability to have future children. Yeah, simply because they were panicked and didn't have a choice. Didn't have a choice. You know, totally. And it's so. I mean, we go on a whole topic here, but it, if the the amount of money that's spent on the pro life movement, if it moved to safe sex and actually being able to support women after they become pregnant, if they choose to keep that baby, then they'll have a support system, you know, in case that they are lower class or unable to um, fend for themselves, then you'd actually lower abortion. And actually, abortion is at the lowest rate historically. Yes, because under Obama, we did have mm -hmm. comprehensive sex ed and we had insurance covering right. birth control. And now all that is being reversed. So we'll see what happens. But it's exactly right. It's exactly <laughs> right. And in all the conversation, all of the policy conversation these are the stories like the stories like yours that I just don't hear or don't hear from people who yeah. it affects I just don't it drives me insane like I know Kavanaugh during you know this whole thing said something about how he believed birth control was an abortion pill or something like that oh I my mean god I know this is the person who's going to be making decisions for a country of every single person's body is going to be you know this man is going to make a decision it just doesn't make any sense to me I need chicken tenders and garlic bread again <laughs> just because we're talking about it. I feel like the one thing that has, and just for me, the one thing like with all this horror that's made me feel slightly better is getting to talk to wonderful women who are fucking awesome. And I think like getting involved and doing stuff to feel like we are all fighting together. It has been a very, we've all been very silent. It has been a very divided time. Yeah. And I think this is just the beginning. I really think we are going to fight and 
yeah. knock on wood, unite and I I do hope so. I it feels. Uh, you know, I never live, uh, you know, I'm not old enough to live through like Vietnam and those sort of protests or any of the ERA protests, but it does feel like there's an energy among women. You know, I mean, even look at the Kavanaugh nomination, most of the, well, this is true of the midterms in general, but most of the, the grassroots organizations have been led by women, especially women of color. And then, and you look at the Republican response and now all of a sudden it's that the left was mob mentality and they were hysterical and right, crazy. Right, right. It's because women were the face of the protests. Right. You know, but it doesn't seem to be silencing women. It seems to just be making us louder. Yes. Which I love. I love that. I love that. Very happy. Also, we're doing all of our own work right now. There are mm. so many causes where people will rally together and help each other. For some reason, reproductive rights, I feel like it is a group of women that do all the work. And it's like not a cool topic for totally people who, you know, like, let's if you're a man and you're listening to this, can you tweet me? I just want to know if you made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any man listening this far. But if you are, you're amazing because you should be hearing stories right. like this. You should be understanding the issues. What's at stake? Like, it's not just about a woman's issue. It's a human issue. It's a human right. It is a personal choice. It is about the future right. of our planet, the future of all people. Well, also, it affects them. Like, yeah. I'm sure, you know, if if I had gotten pregnant by a, a human and not a monster, I'm <laughs> I'm assuming he would have, you know, been emotionally affected by it and mm -hmm. had a very intense uh, experience, you know, having to deal with the loss and the anger and all of it. I mean, I have a wonderful boyfriend now that had to deal with me saying, I've had this and I actually asked him, are you okay with this? And he wonderfully was like, are you stupid? Of course, like, it's you, you're fine. But that, if he wasn't educated on it, God knows what his response right, would have been. Right. You know, it just. Or his internalized stigma could right, affect it. Yeah, totally. Right. Mm -hmm. I was, had a fear that I was damaged goods. Yes. You know? Yes. And that's insane, insane. But I had it. Right. And he responded perfectly to it because he's educated and has opinions you yeah. know and empathetic and understands right don't let's not be make. too nice to him or his ego is just gonna get okay. way too big <laughs> but he you know but the point is is that it, men should be just as educated on this topic because if you are in a relationship with a woman or you know a woman mm -hmm. at some point you should be open to having to deal with this because i guarantee you there's not one man in this world gay straight or otherwise that doesn't know a woman that hasn't had an abortion. Yeah. Whether or not she's ever told you is her business, but I guarantee it. Absolutely. And also, you should be curious about the people, the women who came a generation before us. Totally. And what they had to fight for and what they had to do when they didn't have access, because that's not that far ago. And you probably know they're maybe your mom. Right. Right. <laughs> now I want to burn my bra. I know, well. right? <laughs> I know. Let's go back to that. Let's go back to that era so where we burn were just it all burning down. bras. Um, so, Kim, this has just been so... Phenomenal. I re I really can't say enough how grateful I am that you came on because I, like we were saying, obviously every space is lacking the experience from the people yeah. who have gone through it and can speak to their own personal experience. Uh, and hopefully we can fill in more of the really necessary like holes in this whole conversation with the people who actually should be speaking instead of just the loudest, right. best funded voices. Um, <laughs> If you were to give any advice out there to someone considering an abortion or like just found out they're pregnant, do you what would you say to them? You are not alone is the most important thing I can say. 
just repeat that and write it everywhere so that you see it every morning and let it be your mantra for as long as you need it, that you are not alone. Mm -hmm. And there's a third of your fellow American women out there that are going through or have been through the same situation. And if you can't find anyone in your inner circle, reach out because I have found that women who have had abortions are so welcoming and so ready. I'm getting choked up talking about this. So ready to support you and hug you, even if it's through the internet, they're just ready to be there for you. And uh, then just beyond that, just make sure you got a nice blanket and a good pillow and some chocolate and know that it's going to pass and it's going to take time, but that you're not alone. I just, I want, just repeat this over and over again and you're welcome to find me and I'll tell you online that you're not alone. That's so beautiful. Where would people find you if they want to? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at at Kim Kalish. That's K-A-L-I-S-H. I'm the same on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. I'm just (laughs) Googleable. Yeah, we were talking about that. I'm so Googleable. Give Kim a Google. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a Google. Give her a (laughs) Google. Thank you so much for being here. You're the best. Yeah, of course. No problem. This is great. Thank you. Yay. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.